0: Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me, back as he was earlier this week, it's James Pearce, our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. Also with me is our Liverpool editor, Andrew Kelly, and our echo reporter, Christine Walsh. James, we will start with you. You have been speaking to Jürgen Klopp today. And what has, has he been saying
1: ahead of the game against West Ham on Sunday? Uh, well, I think fair to say there was three players who kind of dominated the agenda at Melwood. I think they were Loris Karius, John Matip and, and Daniel Sturridge um, for varying different re- various different reasons, of course. Um, Matip, obviously the good news there is that um, there's absolutely no chance now that he will go off to Gabon for the Africa Cup of Nations next month. Um, I think Hugo Brews, the Cameroon coach, was quoted earlier on this week as saying that uh, he intended to try and talk him round Matip has been in international exile, I think, for the last 18 months. Um, But um, Klopp just confirming what we already knew, that that Matip won't be going anywhere, which I think we saw last weekend at Bournemouth, just how important he's become to this Liverpool team. So that's great news, less so on Daniel Sturridge. Um, Worryingly, Klopp saying that he couldn't put any kind of timescale on a return. Um, Two weeks ago, we were told it was a, a tight calf. Um, he's missed three games since he's certainly not going to feature on the weekend so that's a source of, of real concern um, and and the other one obviously Karius as you'd expect from Klopp you know, a very staunch defence of a keeper that came in for a lot of stick last weekend saying that um, I think the quote was he said he needs to close his ears to the, the criticism he's had and, and focus on the job in hand which is getting back on track against West Ham
0: Andy it feels like we're going round in circles with uh, Daniel storage, doesn't it because you just get this impression that Klopp's kind of Losing his patience with him again a little bit.
2: I sense a hint of frustration in his, um, the way he responded to the questions about Sturridge today with his sort of shaking his head and I do not know when he'll be back, and uh, almost as if it's sort of you know giving, giving it to everybody else to try and work out what's going on inside Daniel Sturridge's head or calf, as well as himself and his medical team. Um, <laughs> sounds like he owns a cow, doesn't something? <laughs> anyway, it is. We mentioned in the last couple of weeks how he must be incredibly frustrated, the manager, in terms of having a squad. And when you have an injury, or a couple of injuries, as he's had to Coutinho, to Danny Ings, that um, you have your squad then available. uh, And Daniel Sturridge, you know, an incredible replacement to be able to bring in. And then, of course, you go to the well and you find it's empty. And I think he's finding he's. Dropped his bucket time too too many times and <laughs> <I> was
0: <getting laughs> there so was
3: nothing there, you know. So, uh, uh, not sure where we go after that. that Christian, have, have you have you dropped your bucket recently? Happened? <laughs> oh, my bucket's always <laughs> dropping. Um, <laughs> it's it's a hard one with storage. I, I think the frustration. I mean, you can either say that he's he's unfortunate in this in the sense of his timing because he's he's been fit for you know, the best part of the year, really, he hasn't really missed a lot of football. But at the same time, you just wonder, I mean, that this is a complete, this is completely my, uh, this is all in my head, this, but I just wonder if this coincides with the fact that Sturridge was, I think Sturridge was in line for a start against Sunderland. Um, that's my own personal feeling, and I just wonder if maybe training intensified that a little bit more, you know, maybe he just sort of he was getting pushed that little bit more, and then he gets the calf injury. You know, obviously we don't know how it happened. We don't know what's what's led to this. But I just wonder if when he why why does it happen when he's, he seems to be on the brink of a of a of a call up. You know, we had the Southampton game. It was 0-0 nil. Sludge came on and did really really well. Didn't show any ill signs, and I think that was the source of substitute performance that would say to me, if I'm Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, that he, he's done more than enough there to, to get thrown in. We did manage to score against Sunderland, uh, against Southampton. Sunderland's coming up, they're going to park the bus, you know, they're going to park two buses, so... Five banks of five. Five banks of five, yeah. as I once said. So why wouldn't you bring Sturridge in? And I just wonder if that had a knock-on effect then in his training, he was getting ready, he was getting ready to start the match, and we all know that, obviously, Liverpool have been really careful with him, and you just wonder if they sort of... Not something eye off the ball, but just said like you, you're going to start against someone. We need to get you absolutely sharp, match sharp straight away, and that's what's broken him again. James, you have to write about Daniel Sturridge <coughs> all the time. You yeah. getting a little
0: bit bored now of this whole story? I mean, there's obviously Daniel Sturridge, the person and the player, and he must be frustrated because there's no way he doesn't want to be playing.
1: Yeah, I think I think the frustrating thing is that he has been fit, hasn't he, for most of this season? That's you know, yeah. you know we we kind of thought we'd gone gone beyond this in terms of. You know, he, that Klopp, obviously, the, the way that Klopp had handled him it seemed to be paying off in terms of, of course, there was frustration in his part that he wasn't getting more game time. But key key to that, he was staying fit. Um, and then the, the shame is, uh, a time in the season when he would be really, really important to Liverpool and central to what they're trying to achieve, he's, he's not available... So Klopp and I think suddenly you know having gone gone on all season about the depth of the squad you know without with him out as well obviously no Coutinho and no Ings, it, it does suddenly look a bit light in that department and when you think that you know last weekend, obviously Lallana came on for Mane he was limping a bit thankfully Marne's fit. fit, um, but you know it was you know, Woodburn I think was really like the only other uh, attacking option on the pitch on a day when, Origi absolutely went missing in the second half Firmino had a, a really rare off day and so, you, know, you think when you know, another few weeks and Mane will be going off for a month you know, I, th- I think that the need to strengthen at that top end of the field is has been reinforced by Sturridge's absence You mentioned then, I think
0: we all agree that Mane's not quite been at it the last couple of weeks You mentioned Firmino had a bad game against uh, against Bournemouth yeah. with uh, Rig as well but since Coutinho got injured Liverpool have played th- nearly three games and they've scored seven goals so it's not as if they're not Creating the chances, it's just because they're not quite hitting the same heights as they were perhaps earlier this earlier in the season. They're still scoring. Like if you just said like they're going to score seven goals in these three games, you've fine. you'd
2: have gone ta- fine. You'd have taken it, and they've still got um, you know loads of talent to put on the pitch, and they still have an incredibly attacking philosophy. Um, it's an attacking philosophy that perhaps a lot of people felt was overdone at, at Bournemouth at three one up and, and 2-0 up. Um the squad always looks considerably stronger at a time when everybody's just on the phone and you're looking at people you can bring in and you're associating them with strong performances in the recent past. When a couple of people's have, have dodgy games, as, as Firmino, as you say, certainly had a very dodgy game on, on, on Sunday and uh, and Mane, not, not, even though he scored, hasn't quite, for me, been the same player for the last few weeks. He looks like a player who needs a rest mm-hmm. to me. The last thing he needs to be going... Uh, is heading off to Gabon for an African Cup of Nations, for me.
0: Now, is it Gabon or Gabon?
2: I'm I'm happy to take advice <laughs> on this. Um, but either way, he, he looks like a player. He, he also, um, you know, he, he's just not been that explosive player we saw maybe in the early couple of months of the season. Uh, but he's still been effective. Um, so if you you look now, you've got Rigi who's... Who disappeared the second half, but is in a relatively fine run of goal scoring uh, since he's come back in. Liverpool really are looking at him um, and needing him to, you know, really step up and, and carry the team for a few weeks at least until you know you get the goals of, of Coutinho back uh, in the in the side. Do
1: you think I, mean, I was going to say? Do you think he might be tempted to leave Origi out on the weekend just to accommodate Lallana? Because I think Lallana definitely comes back into the starting lineup. And then someone has to make way. And I don't think, you know, Winaldum, I thought, did reasonably well for long parts of that game last week. I don't think he's going to drop Chan. I just wonder whether he might think leaving out Origi, at least it gives him a strong option to change it from the bench.
3: I I would do that. I mean, I thought he should have done that at Bournemouth. I said that, you know, beforehand, so it wouldn't be hindsight to say that. Um, And I think that's what happens against Bournemouth, and I completely agree. I I think Firmino is in the territory now of Coutinho, who's Liverpool's best player. He's Liverpool's most important player. He's yeah. Liverpool's most influential player. I don't think he'd move Coutinho out to the right wing. I don't think he'd move him up front. So I, I don't see why you would move Firmino out to the left. He can, he can still play there. And one, you know, dodgy performance against Bournemouth doesn't change that. He's played there a couple of games already this season and done well. I just think without Coutinho, he is the, you know, he is the, he, he's the main focal point of attack, and he has to be central for me. So the
2: the, the thing about that is that you're gonna have to. In, in both in those in that theory, presumably Lalana has to has to play further forward to know. And, and I yeah, what was gonna
0: mention. When left in the front three, he's he's somebody who certainly at Bournemouth, he impressed me, I'm not sure about, about
1: you lads, but, I thought I thought so he but I, he's there. impressed me
2: more as a sort of disciplined and, and his work rate and um almost some of the work he's done defensively than than particularly what he's done going forward. And I'm not I'm not sure I wouldn't well, I'm pretty sure I would rather have, you know, Firmino staying in the front line, Rigi through the middle, of Mane but on the right. But then,
0: if you're going to talk, if you're going to talk about resting players, then wouldn't West Ham be a good game to rest Mane? Then, if we're talking about moving Firmino, the last no right
3: winger, Liverpool haven't got another right winger. And also, you can't rest
2: players in this game, which is now an absolutely crucial game. If Liverpool don't pick up three points on on Sunday, then. You know I wouldn't like Bill chef to, I your head. <laughs> yeah I wouldn't well, like well, to be, well, I wouldn't like well, to be well, reading social media well, afterwards. Well. so of course you don't have to, to depend on that and you never know in a football game but but you know considering the fixtures that are coming up you know a tough enough trip to Middlesbrough um a derby um they need to get well therefore therefore
0: well, you can't rest them for either of those two games and then you go up to you know the Christmas period. and Then you got Stoke, and then it's
2: Man City. I think what so, you do is you go out against West Ham, hopefully try and get a substantial lead, and um, and then you know if you're ahead on sixty minutes relatively comfortably, then you know you get money on the. I'd have, I'd have no problem
3: with Ojo on the right-hand side for Stoke. Let's say you know let's let's get money through this next real sort of bog down next couple of fixtures. He wouldn't have missed the derby anyway, no matter what, because he is one of Liverpool's most important players. You could argue Middlesbrough, but Liverpool simply haven't got that depth at the moment. There, then Will Ojo be back for Christmas possibly, and that's where you can sort of give him that little rest. Don't forget, there's there's more than a week between the Derby and Stoke, so that will give everyone. I mean, obviously they'll keep on training, but that that will give that that's that's for for a Christmas time usual. Usually, it's such a. Just yes, officially, that's a real luxury to have eight days off. Eight days is incredible, really. it's, 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 it's remarkable. Obviously, then it bunches up again when the other City shunt Sunderland within 48 hours of each other, or even less. Could play Milner right wing and
2: put Moreno left back. Let's not go there, Ian. <laughs> um, no, I mean that we haven't. The Different reason I don't, right the reason wing, I don't yeah, want to yeah. move to left Lall- back Lallana, back. which is where we came into this from, is that just that he seemed to be in such good form um, in the middle, and the lads are suggesting well, Keep him midfield and move Wijnaldum forward, and you can obviously do that Wijnaldum. But we just haven't seen much of it for Liverpool in terms of um, massive attacking threat. You know he was obviously involved in Woodburn's goal. We've seen little bits. He was involved in the nice goal uh, for Lana at um, Arsenal, wasn't he? So yep. um, we have seen bits and bobs of it, but I just think um, for me, I'd uh, I'd maybe drop Wijnaldum. Um, to the bench and have him as the option. I
0: mean, Liverpool did you sign
3: him. Your bucket there. As a, he just score eleven goals in that position for Newcastle last season, though. Although, you know, ten of them were against Norrish or whatever it was. <laughs> but like Liverpool signed him, and I know obviously Klopp had a bit of a different design for him. But but he can do that. He 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 scored goals in that. No, he, when position. he came, that's what we thought he would do. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? So it's you know, West Ham at home. If he's if he's not. Playing in a number ten role there, because let's face it, if he's playing on the left, he's basically he's he's one of the two number tens because my will drift inside as well as well as going out wide. So if he can't perform in there, then then you really will know that. No, he is actually more of a a water carrier, if you will. Which
0: is, well, you know, they played West Ham twice at home last season, didn't score in either game. Just thought I'd put that one out there West Ham to, did a double, didn't they? Didn't, yeah. To be
2: fair, the the cup game was a team of that. Was never seen again. I presume, I'm trying to remember who played. But it was, okay, you know, that was last game. You got 20 minutes well, yeah.
1: that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was. You know, I don't think we can look at that one and the the West Ham League game. What was it? The first time they'd won here since Three. 63. 63,
3: 63. Uh, yeah. I think this discussion just reinforces, without being, uh, you know, one of those sorts of you know, people that Liverpool will <laughs> have, <to, laughs> have to do business in January. Uh, and, yeah. and even with the with the storage situation, I think that, as James said, it clarifies it even more. But you know,
2: but don't uh, you think the problems could almost have eased by January? It could have eased by January,
3: but what I would say is, and I'm by no means I'm saying writing off storage's future at Liverpool, but there will come a point where Liam Clough has to make a decision whether he can rely on Daniel Storage long term to be a starter, and if he isn't, then he's going to need replacing And you can wait until the summer to do that, or you could get somebody in. Christian Pulisic if, if, if it was my choice and you can bet them in for the next six months get them customised, sorry, and accustomed to the Premier League and then he's already hitting the ground run and come next season. Joel Matty plays against Bournemouth last Sunday. Did Liverpool
0: win?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's There's no way that Liverpool would have capitulated like that out with him and the team. I think he's just a calming influence on players around him um, and, you know, the panic that set in and spread like wildfire through the team I don't think would have happened if he'd been out there. Um, I think the stats speak for themselves. there Was it, is it nine in the three games he's missed? And I think nine in the 11 games that he's played in terms of goals conceded. So, yeah, having him back
0: on the weekend is is, is huge. Is the composure that he's brought to the defence one of those things that we could never, to use a word that Christian used earlier this season, uh, was it quantifying, quantifiable or something like that? That's it, yeah. You can't really judge that. Until he's actually been put in the position around the, with the players around him, and you take him out and you see Dejan Lovren, who seemed to turn back into Dejan Lovren against West Ham last season, didn't he? he, he was Which I think is a bit. Again, I mean, the first <laughs> half I thought he had a good game. First half I thought, but the yeah. minute that Bournemouth started, you know,
2: giving a little bit of a go because he didn't really do that. It's strange, isn't it? Though, because you look at no. that Liverpool back line. Okay, you know, if there's one thing you had in there it was experience, wasn't it? You had James Milner. God knows how old he is. What thirty? 30, 30, 30, yeah, okay, thirty. Well, <laughs> James Milner, thirty. <laughs> I'm thirteen February, Andy. Um, Lucas, longest-serving player at Liverpool, um, but he's only played about six games at centre back. Yeah, but, but generally decent hmm. um, for all his, his, you know, Leicester madness and all that. You've got um, Lovren, who's who's you know been playing in the Premier League for you know several years now, uh, and you've got Nathaniel Klein, who's the England right back really if you you, like I don't rate um, Kyle Walker. So the one thing they should have had is some sort of composure and and experience about them. There was no no massive youth in that um, backline which is why somewhere I just think it's one of them games and while I totally on board with James's point that Matit makes a hell of a difference. I just wonder whether he would have ended up in the maelstrom
3: as well. I, I, I think it's not necessarily even defending, though. I think you look at that last 15 minutes and it's not necessarily about him being a better defender than them or being more you know about experience. For me, he's just so good on the ball. The ball wouldn't have just kept on coming back at Liverpool. I, I mean, I understand what you mean. And, and and that was probably one of the most frantic, that would have been the most frantic 15 minutes of a Liverpool career because he missed out on the, 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 the moments of the Emirates, didn't he? Because he was out. So it would have been the most frantic 15 minutes of his uh, of his Liverpool career. But at the same time, I just feel like he would have got his head up and just found the man every single time, which is what he normally does. But then would that frantic 15 minutes have happened if he'd been there? Is it a coincidence, that, if it's a coincidence that he wasn't there for the Arsenal one? Well, you, you only have to look at the goals, as, as James says. You only have to look at the goals but of the, the season. I mean, that's a very black and white statistic. But, you know, the Liverpool concede fewer goals with Joel Matip in the serve.
0: But Andy says that about the defence, but it looked like a defence where you had a left-back who wasn't really a left-back. A centre-back who wasn't really a centre-back and a keeper who'd only just moved to England, which that's the other way of looking at it. You...
2: It is, but you've, you've got to work on what we've what we've seen. We've seen Lucas being more than adequate. <laughs> uh, I think Jan Mulby in his echo column this, this week described him as um, cruising through Premier League games. We've seen that before. Um, Milner's been probably one of the best left-backs in the Premier League this season, so we expect better from him. And I just... A com- completely agree with Christian's point about the ball and not keeping it and it was I think it was mentioned in the pod early in the week about that you know when you have those tough 15 or 20 minutes, keeping the ball is the best way um, of, of taking the sting out of it and that's what they did at Chelsea in that dodgy period when it looked like they were going to come back into the game, Liverpool just suddenly it went from, you know, till there was only 10 minutes left and you thought, where's that 15 minutes gone? Because Liverpool had kept the ball. and That's what Liverpool really needed to do. And then there should have been some brain somewhere when it was 3-0 thinking, actually, we'll take a point, you know. And what Liverpool were doing was like, you know, we, we want all three and you appreciate the... That thought and and that mentality, but sometimes you've got to go with the reality of we don't look like getting up there and scoring another, and we've got to close it off here. James,
0: we'll park Bournemouth there, but we will go to Carrius, who Jurgen Klopp, as you mentioned before, told him what was it closes closes ears if that is possible. I'm not um, sure it is, um, it? But he's then come out and said something, hasn't he? Recently, Mister Carrius has come out and spoken, and it, it kind of hit back. Gary Neville criticism from him. Yeah, I think he had
1: a little pop back, didn't he? Saying about that Neville used to be a manager, but now he's he's gone back to being an is expert. He, is he playing again. in the gallery like um, a little bit there? A little bit, yeah. I think it's fair enough to have a pop. I think if someone has a pop at you, you're entitled to have a pop back. He's taken a lot of stick this week, to have a problem with that. I think you know the only thing is the best possible way for him to respond and shut people up is to perform well on Sunday because that's that, that's basically what he'd be judged on. You know, he, yeah, he did come in for a lot of flack. Last weekend, some of it justified, some of it over the top. Um, but, you know, it's a debate that's not going to go away it, it, until he p- performs at a consistently high level. You know, I think it's unfair, have said before, unfair to judge him yet. He, once he played 10 games, he's 23 years old, still adjusting to the pressure cooker of life at Anfield. But, you know, he, he hasn't drastically improved this Liverpool team yet. Um, and when he puts in performances like he did at Bournemouth, you know, the, the debate over over that position is, is only going to intensify.
0: Andy, were you pleased to see his comments?
1: I had,
2: I had a little chuckle, yeah. which I'm sure a huge number of Liverpool fans will have done, though somewhere in the back of my mind I'm thinking that Gary Neville is a pundit on the Sky Sports and is, is paid for his opinions and he gave an opinion which I think a lot of people shared. Jimmy Carr did exactly the same. Uh, Carrie's is slightly different in his treatment of his. And <laughs> it's interesting the way he, he gets round that by saying, "Oh, Kara's, uh, you know, a fan. I understand his frustration and uh, have to accept those comments. But I'm not going to do it with Gary Neville. Well, yeah, that's that's a bit unfair to Gary Neville. He's he's there to give his thoughts on on the game as much as anyone else. But um what I would have liked is after the game, if uh, if he'd come out and said, "I made an error," and um I'm sorry about that, but we'll try and do better and everything else. Because uh, I wasn't down at Bournemouth, but from what I understand, uh, not a single Liverpool player went through the mix zone. They all got on the bus and trotted home. No, it
1: would have been good. We've got, We've got a flight to top. Barcelona.
0: We've got on a flight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Suddenly so. makes sense why
2: they didn't want to stick around. Um, so it would be ni- I think it would be nice on a day like that, um, if and I, and I would contrast that. I'm not sure whether it would have happened this situation, but Simon Minule in the past when he's made an error. Has uh, and people will go. Oh, well, he's made too many. Well, every time he has made an error, a conspicuous error like that, he's always come out and um, you know faced uh, the crowd, if you like, and uh, and said his piece and and generally very well. You know, Carries. We don't know the circumstances. It might well have been right. Everyone onto the bus. It's a tough loss to take. Let's just get home, or let's get to Barcelona or wherever they were. They were heading straight after, so we don't know the circumstances. I'm not criticizing, but I think, um, I as a supporter would have liked to have seen, we uh, we heard from the manager, of course. And but I would like to have seen, um, if I if I'd made that sort of error that you'd come out and and, and, and say, you know, speak to the fans. But he's done it a few days later, he's dropped in the Gary Neville line, which will play as you say, play to the gallery. Um, but as Jim says, the key. Let's not worry about what he says, really. What we want from Loris Karius is, is some good saves.
0: Christine, hear that fuss?
3: Just just save a shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's harsh. You, uh, you know what? I did, I, I've been reflecting upon uh, Mr Karius. And, you know, it's how, how quickly people can forget. He, he had a really cool game against Sunderland, didn't he? He, he smothered two shots, which, you know, potentially could... I, I, I'm not sure whether... You know, Minnie or or Danny Ward or you know Alex Manninger, whoever people are calling to replace Carriers, would have saved. He was off his line quickly, he of himself, and he did really well. I just think the the criticism has been over the top, um, and you know he's 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 got a right to have a little pop back. It it would it would be nice to see him put that put all this to bed with a with a good performance against West Ham. Whether he'll get a chance, I'm not sure because I, I, I don't. Quite know how much uh, West Ham can Here we go, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Seven or eight. eight. He's over... Whoa. Go on, we're building up to this. No, go no, on. no. Well, I'm saying that I don't know how much West Ham can hit. Liverpool, I mean, obviously, the the, the the it'll be interesting to see how he deals with Payet and his balls out wide. Especially if Andy Carroll starts, uh, he's coming back from injury, and obviously, there's the whole story of he used to be a Liverpool player. <laughs> Payet's going to be looking at his head you know, the whole time, he's just going to be trying to ping those balls onto Carroll's head. Now, just you know, he's not, he's not a catcher, and whether, and that's probably an instruction. We think that's an instruction. So, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take a real confident performance in that sense. Whether he have to save many shots, I don't know, but it's gonna be interesting to see how he commands that box against West Ham.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say is because I remember the game at Burton Park last season, when it, you know, from the first minute they literally were just pinging those big diagonal balls for Carroll to to run an attack, and I'm not sure whether he's fit enough to start on Sunday. I think he only. Came off the bench to me and yeah, scored yeah, last yeah. weekend. I think that was his first first team game for four months. So might be a big ask for him to start, but you know, if when when he does come on, you can guarantee that Carrius will will get a bit of a peppering. I think you know Steve Cook, the Bournemouth defender, said after the game last weekend that um, you know we targeted Carrius, we you know we we, we you know we pinpointed him as a weak link, which you, know, you could say that's slightly harsh, but the the fact that an opposition defender coming out and saying that, you know, and I'm sure you know Billich isn't stupid, you know, he's fighting for his job at the moment, and you know they will definitely look to test carriers at every opportunity on Sunday afternoon. The question is, like as I agree with Christian, I'm not sure how much of the ball West Ham will actually see. Now, Andy, you're
0: were speaking between us earlier, and you were. Quite looking forward to this game because you're expecting a few goals for Liverpool, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I might as well do the uh, do what's known <laughs> in the business as a Christian. West, um, and, uh, yeah, I think Liverpool will have a point to prove on Sunday, and I also think um, Big Yann in his column again said if, if you could have picked your opposition to play this weekend, he thinks you'd only put Swansea uh, in front uh, of um, of West Ham as a team to choose. You might throw Hull in there, I suppose, as well. Um, West Ham, to me, look like a team who aren't particularly playing for the manager. When you've got the manager coming out and suggesting we've got no intensity in training, that is a massive problem. Now, if you're a more pessimistic supporter, you think, oh, well, they're they're bound to turn it around, they'll have got together this week, come up, try and do a job at Anfield. I'm sure they will have, but are they up to it? Uh, I'm still struck by this um, vision at Old Trafford where... um, Pae was involved in setting up the goal for uh, Sacco. I think somebody confirmed for me earlier, wasn't it? It was, dead. and he, he just scored a goal to make it one all. I think it was at the time. He literally just turned round with his shoulders somewhere near the turf and trudged back to the halfway line. At that point, I knew just gone one all. I knew United were going to win that game comfortably because there was no West Ham heart in it. And um, you know, he didn't even go and celebrate with the goal scorer. Um, sure enough went out and got absolutely slaughtered by Arsenal last weekend. and you know, I, I just think Liverpool, I'm not suggesting Liverpool will, will you know, I'm not brave enough to be like Christian and say seven or eight or whatever, but I do think Liverpool will have goals in them against this team. They've got a few injuries, it would be interesting to see who they can put on the pitch. Um, but um, I think this is a really important game and I really think Liverpool will appreciate that and aren't going to be in a situation where
3: whatever West Ham do they're going to let it bother them
0: Is it a must win game Christian do you think?
3: Yeah I, I think it is I, I think Liverpool get to the point now where and you know this yeah this is only off the, it's on the back of the Bournemouth game but it's four points in nine now with the, with the draw of Salamson and the goodwill, not the goodwill. That's not the right word. But I, I, think Liverpool have been incredible from the start of the season because of the, the way they handled that start. You know, they won at the Emirates, they drew at White Hart Lane, they won at Stamford Bridge, drew with United. You know, they, they did really well. Um, obviously Burnley was a bit of a setback, but they've been incredible because they have just kept on either winning or you know drawing or you know the hard games. But now it just feels like we're, what are we fourteen games in? I think it's fourteen yeah. games mm-hmm. in, and another. You know over the next two games maybe even three of you if you include the Derby at the drop points you just feel like it's sort of part of the course now everyone's played everyone once yeah. almost and it and it almost feels like that's that's part of the course and the pool of course of we'll, we'll still have um city at home to play you know so it's it that the whole idea of a, the whole notion of a how oh, how hard was the fixture list, and aren't they doing well? And you know, don't forget the start that they've had. I think that's almost gone now. I think
2: I, I think, think the the comparison that I think I saw it floating around earlier in the week of, of game to game with how they matched up with last year. I think it's down to we're down to about seven or eight points in credit game on game uh, for all those fixtures last year, and, and that's come down considerably from from where it was. I mean, this is it will be a
3: zero, obviously, because um, Liverpool lost this last year. Yeah. So. You know, it's a free hit in that sense. Yeah. So I, ju- I just feel, after Liverpool were, you know, for me they were title favourites at one point because they had that hard start and they were sailing through it. Now everyone sort of played everyone. Chelsea have got really easy fixtures coming up on paper. You know, Tottenham got United and then they're pretty much out the woods. And I think everyone sort of played everyone almost apart from Liverpool and City. So. They need to start winning and, and and keeping on top of things. Uh,
1: yeah, I I think it's also, also you know you want to see a more dominant, fluent performance as well because it, it has actually been a while since Liverpool actually put together a really. It's since the national break, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you and you know you go back to Southampton and it's difficult to criticise that because Liverpool weren't they weren't great, but at least they were dogged, dug in, and got something for their troubles, which is what they should have done when things started to go so badly wrong at Bournemouth. Obviously, Sunderland at home you think, yeah, they won, but they didn't play particularly well. You know, Sunderland didn't have to really do that much to keep them out for so long. Um and then obviously what happened on the South Coast last weekend. So suddenly you think you have to go back you know, three, four weeks or whatever for a, a, a real dominant Liverpool performance, which, you know, we were spoiled in the first few months of the season with those. So I think I think that's a big thing on, on Sunday and, you know, as as the other guys said, I think you couldn't wish for a better a better opposition than, than West Ham. Someone it was incredibly vulnerable at the moment and you know, this this should be an opportunity for Liverpool to to really prove that last weekend was just a blip and not a worrying sign that weaknesses from last season haven't been addressed. Klopp said something
0: in his press conference today which he said I think it was the Leeds game and I think he may have even said at the home game before that's Sunderland that they need the fans to to be with them as well. He's made a point of saying this the last couple of weeks now because he was talking about how oh, it's going to be a really hard game against West Ham and this, that and the other. <coughs> he mentioned the fans again, didn't he? I mean, I think they've played eight games at home this season and they've won seven and drawn one. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Is the crowd making a difference?
1: Yeah.
2: I think the the crowd at Anfield this season has been better than recent seasons been helped by the extra seats for a start the the new main stand is a is an impressive thing and it you know I think it really helps Don't, you know as well as the extra people it just seems to give a vibe to the stadium which is which which has been great but you know there have been games where Klopp has felt the cloud the crowd. I think Sunderland was one of them. The, yeah. the, the, the sensed that frustration in the crowd that Liverpool hadn't broken through. And I think what he's just reminded them is that you know we might go into a game in the 85th minute and it still be nil nil, but if you stick with us, um, you know we can still get that winner. And I think th- that's what my feeling is going into you know after Bournemouth really is that you know it's fine, it's not fine, but it's it's ex- <laughs> it, it's, it, 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 it's acceptable if Liverpool drop away from this title race if there's, if it turns out their squad isn't strong enough, if it turns out that losing their star player for six weeks or whatever is a crippling blow, if it turns out that Chelsea win the next 20 games as they've won the last eight and you just can't catch them. What's not acceptable and what's not fine is if we drop out of this title race because of a lack of faith and a lack of belief. And for me, I think everyone going to Anfield on Sunday... Needs to re-find um, that faith and belief in this team and and go with it and let's see how far it can get us. We're not in a bad position. Uh, you look at the fixtures. Yeah, we've got you know some potential banana skins there. You look at Chelsea's fixtures. They've got West Brom at home on on Saturday. I'm not giving them that. You know, if West Ham, if West Brom can get three. Corners is every chance they get three goals as far as I can see, and then they have to like us. We've got, they they have to go to the northeast away in midweek. We've got Middlesbrough. They go to Sunderland where they've had problems in the past, mm. haven't they? Uh, and then they go they go to Crystal Palace, and we know anything can happen at Crystal Palace, don't we? Um, and then to be fair, they've got home games against Bournemouth and Stoke, and you'd expect six points. But as as Big Jan said in his column, it's time to hang in there. Let's stay on the cocktails because he says they will drop points and if we can just pick up as many points as we can and stay in striking distance that's what we need in this period and uh, you know I'm the one who was on this pod a few weeks ago and suggested that we might be four or five clear at Christmas <laughs> in fact you
0: said five uh, points clear at Christmas said, yeah. well, so for that to happen I just i wear this out Liverpool would have to win all the next three games and Chelsea would have to lose all of those but pretty much if you
2: don't <laughs> include I, I think in my calculations I was sort of including the Boxing Day game but it's unlikely to, as it, as boxing day it, being it's, it's unlikely to happen <laughs> Um,
3: but I've still got faith and belief in this team.
0: Final thing, yes or no, Christian, do you still have faith and belief?
3: I feel like fighting someone after Andy's just given us that wonderful soliloquy. He's, he's, he's been listening That's to an awful lot you. of Jurgen Klopp press I, I conferences. Still, I still have belief, but I won't if they, if they don't win on something. I still haven't got Yes. You've just uh, had your, uh, you, I <laughs> your book.
0: <laughs> 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 James, do you have still have belief? I know what the answer to this is going to be. I don't even know why I'm asking you. <laughs> James, yes. yes. of course. Yes, most definitely. Yes, yes. Um and...
1: I think I think last weekend was a one-off um and i think with alana back in the starting lineup on sunday i think we'll see a, a very different liverpool and a more complete performance
0: and i believe that it's west ham on sunday that's as far as i'll go uh, and that's it for this podcast join us next week in which we will look back at hopefully a win over west ham cheerio